For the first time in the history of the Women's World Cup, we have a rematch, and you know the U.S. women will be going out and looking for revenge against Japan on Sunday. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. And Ivis, I know you're looking forward to some barbecue and soccer all weekend long. Well, I'll be looking forward to some barbecue and soccer uh, on Saturday, which uh, which is obviously the 4th of July. There's going to be plenty of soccer to watch with the Copa America final MLS action, and I will be working the grill. Unfortunately, it's also going to be a travel weekend. I, I head to down to Dallas uh, on Sunday for uh, ahead of ahead of the Gold Cup opener, USA Honduras. But Sunday is going to be, as we all know by now, USA versus Japan, the Women's World Cup rematch. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to my hotel down in Texas in time to watch it because uh, I think it's going to be a great match. First off, what's up with FIFA? Come on, we knew that the U.S. women were going to make the World Cup final. Couldn't they just schedule the final on Sunday for Fourth of July? I mean, come on, FIFA, what's what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what: Fourth of July, USA, England in the women's world. If it would, if England wouldn't, have oh, lost, could you imagine? Oh, you, I mean that that would have been like the marketer's dream: USA, England on the Fourth of July. <laughs> I mean, come on, in Canada, it would have been amazing. But unfortunately. As we all know, England, uh, oh. they gave it up. They gave it up in the, in the most torture, tortured fashion imaginable. Stoppage time, own goal. Uh, it, it was tragic, man. And, and, and I just felt it, it's funny how the universal consensus was, was real, like, you know, just sadness for this, for this play, England player who, who scored one of the, what's a goal that's going to have to go down as one of the most infamous goals in the, in the history of the sport. Oh, definitely. I mean, the, and the player was Laura Bassett. And, and think about it too, like, you know, it's one thing if it's like in the 85th minute, 86th minute, England maybe has a chance to equalize. But it's in stoppage time. The game's about to end seconds later. Oh, dude, it, I, like even watching the replay, you just feel so bad. Yeah, the rea- it's interesting, the reactions, because initially the reactions were all like, they all felt bad for her. And then afterwards, there was this kind of like backlash about, well, why is everyone feeling bad for her? If this was a men's game and a man had done that, he would have been vilified and crucified, and it's like you know what? Who cares? At the end of the day, it's about what the reaction is and what 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 the the public feels, and the public fell for her because it, I mean because we, we can all have imagined ourselves being in her shoes. It wasn't about her being a woman and feeling bad for her because it was a woman. I think I don't I don't think that mattered. I mean I think if it would if if it would have been a uh, a man or a woman, you it, it's kind of tough not to feel bad for them in that moment. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you just ended your team's World Cup on one play, on one just freaky play, so uh, it is it, just crazy. But you know what? It, it, what has gotten lost? Credit to Japan because they kept coming. They kept bringing it to the very end. They got the equalizer, uh, and they kept pushing it. And they could have they could have went went uh, to extra time uh, with that tie, but they kept pushing for a winner. They, for, you know, you make your own luck. They forced that situation. They forced Bassett into that own goal. So credit to Japan. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they finished that game off like a champion. And also with Japan too, you look at the path that they had to the World Cup. And we'll, we'll talk a little about US in a second. But Japan, like they beat the Netherlands, who, who looked like a pretty exciting team. They beat Australia. They beat England. I mean, that's a very tough path for Japan. But look, all the focus 
is going to be on the U.S. women and just their impressive play since the group stage. You know, we, we talked about how Colombia, that was going to be a for sure win for the U.S. I mean, there's no for sure wins, but that looked like a shoe in for them in the round of 16. Then you move to China. That was the match where you want the U.S. women to step up. And then you go into Germany, and Germany just looks so impressive throughout the World Cup. But, I mean, credit Jill Ellis, credit to the U.S. women, and more importantly, I have is credit to this defense. The U.S. women have yet to give up a goal in 513 minutes. And that's just impressive from a back line. I don't care in what competition that you're in, men's, women's, youth, college, whatever. Not giving up a goal in 513 minutes. I think Hopesville had one save against Germany. I mean, dude, this defense, Ivis, is lights out, literally lights out right now. We have to talk about the U.S. women and the job they did against Germany. The last time out, the last episode of the show, you know, uh, we, we said – they had they would have to play better than they played all tournament, and they did that. And and Jill Ellis was going to have to have a game where she put them in 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 a position to succeed, and she did that. So you know, hats off to her, hats off to, to the U.S. women because they came to play. They actually did manage to flick that switch and take it to another mm-hmm. another level. They, they outplayed Germany, right? And and, mm-hmm. and I just I do I do find it interesting. That people outside the U.S. Um, I'm not going to get into any specific countries. <coughs> Canada. Uh, I have an issue about how this game went and about the bad calls and the U.S. getting lucky again. But listen, man, you just you make your own luck. You play, and 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 the the calls they they happen, and and they're going to be bad calls. And and there were some yes, there were some some calls that went the U.S. team's way, no question about it. But I think at, on the overall, the U.S. were the better team. And you could argue, oh, if Julie Johnson had gotten red carded like she should have, it could have been a completely different game. You know what? There's something to that. But at, you know what? No one's going to remember that. No one's going to remember that a year from now, two years from now, five, ten. It, it, what happens in the game happens in the game. And the U.S. played great when they had to play great. And you're right. You can argue that Julie Johnson got a red card. You can also say that Alex Morgan was outside of the box when she was taken down for that penalty. But look, if you look at the reality of the game, the Germany did not impress in this game at all. The U.S. midfield, which we talked about, had to step up. They stepped up in this match. The defense, once again, was solid. And the U.S. just dominated. That's just the reality of what happened in this match. It's, it's nothing against Germany. And Germany had one shot on target throughout the run of play. I mean, I know they missed that penalty. I mean, most of the time, probably putting the penalty in the back of the net, but it's not like Germany impressed throughout the match, and the U.S. overall looked better. They were the better team. That's just the reality. Did some things go, like you said, the U.S. way? Yes, it did. But overall, the U.S., it was a good performance from them, and they beat a German side, and right now they look like the favorites to beat Japan in the final. Well, listen, uh, I, I, I need, need I remind everybody, the U.S. were favored to beat Japan the last time they played. So... We want to take it easy with that. Uh, That's true, but Japan had, not, Japan not, had a lot of things going for them at that time. No, right, right. And you can definitely argue that they were a better team then than they are now, but they are still a good team now. They're a very technical team. They didn't have their greatest game against England, right? And, and some credit to England there. They made it difficult on Japan. And you know the U.S. is definitely going to try to be, uh, uh, use their physical edge, physicality edge, to take Japan out of their game. But as we saw for the uh, last World Cup, uh, that didn't work for them. Now, this this Japan team, you can argue, is not as good as it was four years ago, but I think it's still very dangerous. We've seen the teams they've, that they've beaten. We've seen the goals that they've scored. So I don't think anybody should be sitting here writing them off and, and, and giving the t- trophy to the U.S. because we've seen it happen before. Uh, where where you know an upset happens, and this is this, this is a good matchup. The, either team can get it, can win it. Uh, I have a lot more faith in the U.S. now than I did before the Germany game. Now that I saw them take it to another level, 
I saw the uh, Jersey's own Carly Lloyd stepping up. She, 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 you know, she's going to bring it in the final. So uh, this is going to be a great matchup. I'm going to, I'm picking the U S I know I should pick against them again and just keep it rolling since I picked again, I, I picked Germany to beat them as I think, you know, most non-Americans did. Uh, but I'm going to go U S just the way they look. The uh, Jalelis, the job that she did, putting people in in the right positions to, to succeed. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm going to go to the U.S. Well, the question is for the U.S. though is what's going to be the status of of Morgan Bryan, who came in was so dominant in the midfield before she had to go out with the injury, uh, with the collision that she had. I mean, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that she does get the clearance to play on Sunday because. Just the performance from her in this match against Germany. I mean, we talked about that, Ivis. You had to have someone step up in the midfield. And finally, 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 Jill Ellis puts a different formation out there. She moves from the 4-4-2, puts Morgan Bryan out there. She looked outstanding. So, like you said, I mean, it's look, to win the World Cup, a lot of things got to go your way. Some of it is luck. Some of it is players have to step up. And, and hopefully for the U.S., they can get a player like Morgan Bryan back who was able to put in a good performance against Germany. And hopefully some of the things go the U.S. way against Sunday. And, hey, they can be hosting... Their first trophy since 1999, which, I mean, that is 16 years ago. That is, seems like a crazy long time. It doesn't seem that long ago, but it is hey, a long time. Hey, hey, just for the just for the record, I, I did cover that World Cup. So, uh, what was that, your not, first year as a journalist? You're, 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 not my first year, but one of my, in my first couple of years. So don't don't make me feel too old now. But, uh, that was a, I, was, that was a, I was 12 years old. Yeah. You were. You're that makes kidding. that makes you feel old. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, man. I, I'm I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with my uh, with my old age. But yeah, no, it just seems it do, it doesn't seem that long ago. It doesn't. Uh, that when they when they won that World Cup in '99, and and the, and and this team is you know this, is this. I feel like that '99 team was de- like you. It was destined to win. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say this team has that destiny feel to it, but you definitely feel like. You, I mean, I, I'll speak for me. I feel a lot more convinced by them as a championship team now that they finally, finally showed that level that we've been mm-hmm. expecting of them. And and I think if it would have been a case where they play Germany uh, and then it's a it's a so so game and they kind of luck out somehow, then you would have it would have been weird going into this tournament not feeling like they're championship material, true champ, because they just hadn't shown it in the tournament. They hadn't shown it. And I know people say, oh, it's all about results. It doesn't matter about your level. But, I mean, I just feel for me in the in this sport, uh, when you're talking about World Cups, generally the teams that win a World Cup are teams that have shown throughout a tournament that they are th- at that elite level. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. showed against Germany that they absolutely are at that top, top level. And if they play like that again, they're going to win. Well, plus the other thing, too, you have to be peaking at the right time. And what are the U.S. women doing right now? Peaking at the right time. Then that is key, especially in a World Cup like this. When any game, anything could go your way, a fortunate bounce, you know, own goal, you got to be peaking. And the U.S. women peaking at the absolute right time, which is key for them. And if you're looking to also watch the game, it will be, like we said, Sunday, 4 o'clock Pacific time, 7 o'clock East Coast time if you're in the Central you can figure it out from there. On Friday, Ivis, the U.S. men's national team are in action. They're taking on Guatemala as they prepare for the 2015 Gold Cup for the U.S. A lot of things on the line with this Gold Cup. If they win it, they get automatic berth into the Confederations Cup. If they don't win it, then they have to play one-game playoff, which, let's face it, the U.S. men do not want that to happen. They want to win this Gold Cup and go into the Confederations Cup. 
great opportunity for them to get things going against Guatemala, keep the positive, good vibes going, which we saw recently when they beat the Netherlands and they beat Germany. A lot of positive things going for Jurgen Klinsmann. He has a very experienced squad, and, and hopefully against Guatemala, I'm not saying that they have to put up a 5-0 win, but you want to see a convincing win as they head into the Gold Cup because, look, let's face it, this is a very important Gold Cup for the U.S. men. Well, obviously, it's a, the Gold Cup next to the World Cup is the most important competition. Um, and, you know, as I just wrote for, for Goal.com tonight, uh, it, there is a little anticlimactic feel to this friendly just because it, it, the way the June friendlies went, you beat Netherlands, you beat Germany, you have that high and that rush as a fan and as, and as players uh, of winning those kind of games. And now you play a team in Guatemala who, let's face it, is just not a glamorous opponent. But, you know, this game isn't about that. This game is about just fine-tuning things uh, and and hopefully, for Klinsman's sake, getting his starting 11 together. Because since the World Cup, you haven't really had a chance to see your full 11 together all that much, um, you know, as I mentioned in my piece. Uh, Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey, Josie Altador, that trio uh, hasn't had many games together since the World Cup. By my count, I think they've played three times since then. For all the games they've played since the World Cup, they've only played three times, and um, and then when you go even deeper, when you talk about guys like Bedoya, Fabian Johnson, um, right now, knock on wood, you know, Jinx is they're, they're pretty damn healthy. Uh, obviously, Jermaine Jones is out. Uh, he's <laughs> missing the World Cup. That's a big one. But this, they have a really strong group right now, and, and this is going to be a good chance to see that group together. You just jinxed it. Everyone's going to get injured, Ivis. Well, you know, <laughs> i tell you what. The injury bug is, is, is focused on Mexico right now, and, and, and I'm sure – most U.S. fans will, will hope it stays that way because the Mex- uh, the Mexican team has lost two of their top players. I'm convinced Chicharito's faking it. After missing that shot, which he should have scored, I think he was just so embarrassed that he's faking his injury now. I, I don't know, man. I mean, that's a big blow for Mexico. I mean, that, it, I got to say, I, in the as recently as the spring, I, I mean, I really liked Mexico's chances to win the Gold Cup. Um, but I really think now with these injuries and the fact that, I mean, now we've gone on a complete tangent about Mexico, but... Um, the lack, the depth that they had to give up to, to field a, a whole separate Copa America team is going to come back to haunt them because they're not going to have the depth later into this tournament. So back to the U.S. The U.S. has got to be feeling good. They're mm-hmm. pretty healthy. They, they they're playing well. They they've got guys that are in form. Michael Bradley's you know playing some of the best soccer oh, yeah. career. So uh, you know I'm anxious to see as you know pretty much a first team U.S. team uh, at least start this match against Guatemala. Give them 45 minutes together to feel things out before they go up against Honduras. A Honduras team they should beat, but a Honduras team that's definitely going to make things difficult for them. Man, Honduras is not going to be pushover. And, and also Panama's in the group, too, for the U.S. I mean, the only game that you kind of look and you say, oh, okay, this should be easy for them is Haiti. But you never know, especially in, hey, in, in hey. the Gold Cup. Last time they played Haiti in, 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 at Gillette, uh, if I recall correctly, they got pushed to the very end. And, and That's what I'm saying. Yeah, There's so no easy saying, wins, yeah. but... but but this is a good first game, this Guatemala game. Uh, you know, Guatemala is is not like a powerhouse, but they they're, they're going to make it tough. They're going to. Uh, it's definitely not going to have a friendly vibe to it. Guatemala is going to go in there looking to kick you. They're going to go at you. Marco Papa is going to definitely go at the the American fullbacks. It's gonna it's it's a per. I think for me, it's a perfect test because you don't want to go in. Uh, the game right before the Gold Cup and and playing you know play a like Belize a, and spank like them a, like a six par- zero. Yeah, you don't want that either. And and you also I don't know if you want to play like a Spain like they did uh, in uh, one time when when they played. Uh, Who's talking played... about? They did fine in that game. They lost I think four one. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. I, th- no, I, think, I think... I'm pretty sure it was four. 
was that scored Germany that lost for? I think it was. Uh, I think they right, scored get, in that game. All right, all right. Let's move on. But the point is, this is the perfect like caliber of opponent to lead you into the Gold Cup. Not only in terms of caliber opponent, but type of opponent. You know, you play. You're going to play Central American teams in your group, and now you get Guatemala, who's, who's going to present a lot of the same challenges. Well, really quickly, Ivis, um, before we go on and talk about this a little bit more, against Guatemala, though, um, you know, the opportunity for Jurgen Klinsmann to see, like, as we just mentioned, is starting 11. I mean, for sure you have, what, Josie Outdoor out there, Josie Outdoor, Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley, Bedoya should be starting, um, Fabian Johnson, Brad Guzan. I mean, do, do you expect any surprises when Jurgen Klinsmann puts out the starting 11? Could Greg Garza get the start, or is it Timmy Chandler? Who's at the center back? I mean, what, what should we kind of expect out of your Klinsmann? Because this is kind of what we're going to see as this is the true starting 11 heading into the Gold Cup. Well, if you if you subscribe to the belief that Klinsmann will field his full strength starting 11, uh, you got to think Guzan, Tim Chandler left back, John Brooks, Omar Gonzalez in the middle of the defense, Fabian Johnson at right back, Kyle Breckman at the D-mid, Jassy's artist on the left wing, although he could go Graham mm-hmm. Zussi. You could go Graham Zussi. Yeah. Uh, let's I, put I, some I, youth in there. No, no, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, let's, get, let's, get some, let's get the next generation some minutes. Right. Alejandro Bedoya at right wing. Uh, Michael Bradley as in an advanced role as an attacking midfielder. And then you have Josie Altador as your target striker with Clint Dempsey working underneath him as the second striker. Uh, I really want to see that group together, even if it's only for 45 minutes. I want to see that group together. Mm-hmm. I want to see Altador, Dempsey, and, and, and Bradley working together. Um, you know, when you remember that, I'll always remember that Nigeria game as, as kind of an example of what they can do when things are clicking for them. And and I think we'll, if they start together, I think we can see that. Well, I mean, just, first off, just having Clint Dempsey with his creativity, Michael Bradley with his passing, and just Josie Outdoor is just the tank up top. I mean, just the attack from those three guys with the compliments of the other players. I mean, this is just a strong U.S. team um, from top to bottom. Also, Clint Dempsey, speaking of Michael Bradley, he named him as the captain heading into this Gold Cup. Uh, he wanted to take pressure off Clint Dempsey, so he gave it to Michael Bradley. I mean, it was pretty obvious, Ivis. It was either Michael Bradley or Clint Dempsey. But Michael Bradley, great choice. He's playing out of his mind right now. Very good fit to be the captain of this team. Uh, it, it's only it, it's always been a matter of time since he became the captain. Uh, and I know right as of right now, Jurgen Klinsmann is saying all the right things from the standpoint of it's all about right now, and he's just giving Clint Dempsey a break and and basically implying that this isn't a permanent move but we know how Klinsman operates he he likes to kind of smooth things out by making it not seem as 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 dramatic a, a situation as it is but i i mean if i if we see Clint Dempsey wear an armband again with Michael Bradley on the field i would be highly surprised cuz i yeah. think Bradley's going to be your captain i think you need at a certain point you need to make that transition toward 2018 and Michael Bradley is your captain he is going to be the captain of that 2018 World Cup team. If he's healthy in there, he will be there. He will be your captain. He's the best player. He's the best U.S. player right now, um, and and he he's just that presence on the field. And, I, and that's not to you know take anything away from from Dempsey. And I think I did find it funny where when you when you read the report, uh, the stories about about the news last night, it's like you know you can see the headlines and it's like. Uh, you know, Bradley named captain, Bradley named captain, Bradley named captain, and then Dempsey, Dempsey stripped of captaincy. And then you're like, what is that? And then you read it, and it's like the Seattle, like one of the Seattle uh, the blogs up there, and, and it, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to support their hometown guy. Of course, but I know some people might look at it and say, this is about that 
whole referee's notebook ripping up and all that and the no. suspension. It's not about that. If anything, it, it, that could that have opened the door for a move that needed to be made eventually anyway? Possibly. But it still was going to happen, and it still needed to happen. Michael, It's Michael Bradley's team. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. If you want your captain to be the – like, it's his team, and this is Michael Bradley's team. And I don't even – and you know what? I, I doubt – Clint Dempsey really cares at the end of the day because he he you know he's not that type of guy that needs to be the alpha he does he need to be the leader and he was never that kind of captain to, no uh, he wasn't to, and, to begin with yeah, and that's why Michael Bradley seems like the most log- logical choice for this team nothing against Clint Dempsey but he just never seemed captain material I I know yeah, oh, God, I'm gonna get killed from Seattle people yeah, now, but I mean, that's but you know what, but you you know what I'm saying though no I I know what you mean and the thing and it's funny but people don't even remember the fact that when Dempsey was named captain. Even then, back when he was he was named captain, the sentiment I felt like was more that more people thought Michael Bradley should be the captain. And and even then, and I think now now if anything, with Bradley's level of play, uh, it's just made it that much easier uh, for Klinsman to make this transition. And it's a transition that was always going to happen. And you know, people need to. I, I think people just need to stop looking for for the bad in this and and it's not a it, sh- it shouldn't be seen as a diss on Dempsey because like I said I think Dempsey's fine with it I think as, if Dempsey just wants to play I don't think he care he does I for me I doubt he cares one bit about the armband and I think Bradley is someone who I think will embrace the armband and will really um it'll just cement his standing the standing that he already has because I really already it, you it already feels like it's Bradley's team. Mm-hmm. You talk to players. You talk to U.S. players. You talk to uh, players who come in, new players, when they talk about the, you know what it's like being within the team. So often you hear about Michael Bradley and the impression that he gives and and just the the figure that he is within the team. Um, so it, 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 this was always going to happen. And and you know what? It's good that it happened now. Um, some other news and notes from the team. We talked about this on the previous show, and that was the lack of a true left back on the U.S. roster. You don't wish any um, bad things on any players or anything like that, but Brad Davis' injury opens the door. Greg Garza, who should have been on the roster originally, is now called up. Potential for him to really impress here. He's looked good with the U.S. at times. Um, and, and now Greg Garza is on the roster, and hopefully he can take advantage of this and, and show that he can be the left back for this U.S. men's national team. Well, th- th- this was a this was an interesting one because if there was a move, if there was a roster selection or a roster omission that stood out for me the most, uh, even more than Matt Beasler's omission, Greg Garza's omission was a head scratch. Yeah. Because when you looked at at, at the team that he that uh, Klinsman put together. Uh, you're looking at it, and you're like, "Where's the where are the left backs?" You know, there was always this thought that it's going to be Brad, it's going to be Greg Garza versus Breck Shea. Who's going to win out? Who's going to be your left back? Then neither one of them makes it, and you're like, "What? What? What happened here?" Well, you know, well, he, well, it, Breck, it, well, Breck Shea got injured. We well, should, we we know should that point now. that out. We know yeah. that now. Now we know Breck Shea was injured, and that's why he didn't make the team. And that even makes it more mind-boggling that he didn't bring in Greg Garza. Um, so, and you ask yourself, well, is it because he wanted him to get acclimated to his new team? Um, but the sense I get from what I've heard is that Willie wasn't, you know, whether that's what Klinsman wanted to lead people to believe. I mean, I don't, I didn't get the, I don't get the sense that Greg Garza needed to be away from his team or needed to be get acclimated to his new team. So for me, I, I, you feel like Klinsman made a mistake and by a, a, for, a force of fate or whatever, whatever the case may be. He now has gone, or maybe he came to his senses and realized, whoa, wait a minute, 
am I really going to go ride or die with, with Tim Chandler as my left back? Uh, let me go get Greg Garza on the phone. So, uh, and, and also one thing that I, I mean that I noted on Twitter at the time when he first brought Garza in was um, he is not cap tied to the U.S. And that's a little, and that might blow people's minds. It might surprise some people because of how many times we've seen him now um, play for the U.S. But he's not cap tied. He's not. He could. He could tomorrow go play for Mexico if he wanted to. Um, that and will not, not happen, though. Well, it's not going to happen now. Now he's in the Gold Cup. Now he's probably going to play in the Gold Cup. But let's just lay it out there. What if he? What if Klinsman hadn't made this move? What if Brad Davis didn't get injured? Assuming he's actually injured. Um, what, uh, Whoa. What, what, what if? What if Greg Garza didn't play in this Gold Cup? Then I mean, if I'm Greg Garza, I'm pretty pissed off. I'm pretty upset because I, you know, I think by most people's most people's opinions. Garza has done well for himself uh, for the most part. I mean, he, yes, had, yes. he had some. He he might have had shaky going in March when he had played. From what I understand, he played injured a bit. Um, but we we remember last year how good he looked playing in left back. So I, I felt like Klinsman dropped the ball a bit. But you know what? It doesn't matter now. He's in. He called him in. He's probably gonna get cap tied. And it's gonna be funny if he ends up starting. If he ends up being your starter, being your guy, especially by the knockout rounds. And for me, I think he will be because nothing against oh, the channel, sure. but. I think Chandler. I think Chandler. You know, it's funny. A lot of U.S. fans cannot stand Chandler because of how bad he's looked at right back. Chandler's looked better at left back, but for my money, I still think Greg Garza is a better left back. So we'll see. That's going to be for me. That and center back are are, are going to be two of the really good battles in in the lead up here. Yeah. Uh, in this group stage and before you get to the knockout round. I'm dude. I'm paying attention to center back throughout the entire tournament just to see what happens with Tim Ream. John Brooks, Ventura Alvarado, <coughs> Brad Evans. Uh, anything could happen. He's not Brad. Anything not could happen. Back. You have, you already have four center backs. You can call in Michael Orozco for the group for the knockouts if you want. Brad Evans is not going to go anywhere near center back. It they brought happen. Brad Evans in to play right back, and he can he can be a completely as he showed in in the last <laughs> World Cup qualifying cycle. Brad Evans can play a very good full, uh, right back for you against CONCACAF level competition. He's shown that. I, I know. So, I'm, 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 I'm... <laughs> you're, just, you're, just you're taking the bait. It's too easy. Um... You're, taking a, you're taking a piss. But look, this, the, 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 <laughs> it's, a, it's a wide open race, man. It's, I, I know the consensus is it's going to be Brooks-Gonzalez, right? And if you just look at it on, on I don't paper. I know, man. I think Alvarado's I, – I, I just I have a feeling. I just have a feeling that he will be the starter for this team in the future. He the, well, that's the word of the future. But for right now, for this tournament, is he ready? Are you ready to go, Brooks Alvarado, in the knockout rounds of this tournament? I don't know, mm. man. I think for me, Omar Gonzalez has shown has shown improved in knockout rounds of comp. Like he's he's done it when when in the big games. He's he's played. He stepped it up. He's already proven himself. And I think for me, he's going to be the guy when the knockout rounds come around. Could could Alvarado get some games in a group stage? Absolutely, absolutely. And do I think Alvarado Brooks could be your center back tandem in Russia in 2018 or wherever 2018 World Cup is? That uh, will be in Russia. That will not move. Fine, fine. But unless it's a war, you just, but anyway, you just don't want to go to Russia. So I'm fine with going to Russia. But if it's a if they're at war or, or you know who they at war Russia, with? They're not, they're not yeah. fighting anyone. I was come on, man. Oh yeah, go talk to the Ukraine. What are you talking about? It there's sorry this. Really? Me, me, me being you sarcastic to, political talk. I, I know. I listen to NPR well, every listen, day. I know what's is, up. Well, way to tell everybody that. But what's uh, wrong with that? <laughs> Russia is not the most stable. We've gone on a complete tangent now. <laughs> Russia is not the most stable 
uh, country right now in terms of their leadership. <laughs> Vladimir Putin is a maniac. But anyway, I digress. Um, I could totally see Brooks Alvarado as your 2018 World Cup center back then. Absolutely see it. But for right now, uh, I think I think Brooks Gonzalez – uh, it, it does. It does make sense. It does make sense. Um, one other player that was left off the roster that was definitely a head scratcher, and you're kind of wondering what the heck is going on. Jordan Morris. He definitely seemed like a shoe in based off his performances with the U.S. team, with the U23s. He looked like a guy that was guaranteed going to be on this roster, not on the roster, and you're kind of wondering what the heck is going on. Now it's coming out per Jurgen Klinsmann that Jordan Morris has been sidelined with a stress fracture in his leg. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Uh, hopefully he comes back in place because, dude, let's face it, Jordan Morris looks like a guy that could be with this U.S. national team for quite some time. Also looks like he has a very bright future for a very young player who's, who's looked pretty good so far in his career. Right, not to get the hype train rolling completely. But, no, I'm not, but he's looked uh, good so far. He's, he's looked, looked I agree. good. He's looked good. And I, and I mean, back when we talked about the Gold Cup roster, uh, I remember saying I could, I, if it were me, I could absolutely totally see him being in a bench option in the knockout rounds. And I know some people might have thought that would have been a stretch, but Cl- Jurgen Klinsmann pretty much confirmed that, uh, saying that if Morris hadn't gotten hurt, he probably he would have been a knockout option, uh, a bench option in knockout rounds. And and you know, it, it's you kind of want to, you kind of have to look at this. I mean, this could end up being a bit of a blessing in disguise, and from the standpoint of. It, it's definitely unfortunate that he won't be able to get that experience of training with the team and going through the because he would like basically the way what I laid out is is what made sense for him. Klinsman basically confirmed that that's what he had planned for Morris. He was going to have him in, stay with the team throughout the group stage, and then add him in the knockouts, have him be that bench guy. Uh, you know, Morris is going to miss out on that whole experience, and that's unfortunate. Having said that, he's going to be able to get healthy now. Uh, and and be ready to go for Olympic qualifying, and and that is really, uh, he is a big piece to that puzzle for that team. He is very important to that team. You could argue he's the most important player on that U23 team that's going to qual- uh, attempt to qualify for the mm-hmm. Olympics. So, uh, you know what? If this means him getting a rest and him getting ready for that, then you know what? That that, that it's it's unfortunate, but at least you know you kind of look at it on the bright side. Hopefully he'll be ready to go and healthy and be the guy they need him to be in Olympic qualifying. All right, Ivis, your boy Landon Donovan in the news right now, and in a very interesting way, where he put out a tweet the other day, where quote, "Love the enthusiasm and veteran presence of at Abby Wambach despite not playing much." That kind of leadership is priceless during a World Cup. That's what he put on Twitter. Now, you have two people on both sides of the thing. It looks like a dig at Jurgen Klinsmann, or it's Landon Donovan just being legit and saying that he likes Abby Wambach being there. What's really going on here? I mean, is he really trying to do a dig? He's going out saying that, no, 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 I'm trying to prove that. It's kind of interesting with this tweet, because especially with everything that went on, two totally different paths you can take what he said. Right. I mean, it, it, for me, it's so hard to say because on one hand, I could totally see him just it, I could just see it being a genuine tweet, a genuine observation with no ulterior, me- no, no, no other meaning, no hidden meaning, no sub tweet. Uh, I could see Landon Donovan watching that game and having that moment where he just thinks that on the other hand, I could absolutely see it being a sub tweet. I could totally see it being a sub tweet. Now, He's come out and he said he was on the Dan Patrick show on Wednesday and he said that he, he it was not a subtweet. It was never that. That was never what it was about. 
And then he, he even said that, you know, he, he kind of wished it had been because he thought it was pretty funny. Um, when you're looking at it from that standpoint, uh, you know what? Let's say I, I'm going to take his word for it. He, he didn't mean it as that. What I do find interesting about this whole thing is how here we are a year later and there is still oh, no. that underlying current of of emotion about that decision and it, it's like oh my lord like really like it all it took was that 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 like uh, like unintentional apparently unintentional uh spark and all of a sudden you had the Landon Donovan fan army the Landon Donovan hater army and it was like what what happened here and it was unbelievable and and, and it was it was classic to me that they, that it's like you had all these people who were kind of like uh, it's like they they had this in the back of their brains and, and 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 the magic word was said and they turned into zombies and it was like all of a sudden people were crushing Donovan and just oh you have no class and this and that and it's like these people are predisposed one way or the other predisposed to hate them for whatever reason or love them and for me like I I get the people who love Landon Donovan. Far more than I get the people who hate Landon Donovan. Because the people who hate Landon Donovan, like, what is the deal? The I don't get why a, you can hate him. Like, what the has guy he had done an wrong? unbelievable, unbelievable career. Could it, you know, uh, did it? Could it have been better if he had had a different? If he was a different kind of person, like, ment- like mentally, emotionally, uh, did he maximize his talent? I mean, th- th- there's all these kind of arguments, but for me, there's no reason to hate the guy. There's none. You could not be a fan of his. As opposed to other players, because I, I always get the sense that people who can't stand on Donovan absolutely love Clint Dempsey because Clint Dempsey went to Europe. He played well in Europe. He succeeded in Europe. So there's there's that kind of that like juxtaposition. Um, but I don't get it. Why do you hate this guy? Like, let it go. Even now, he guy is retired. He's been retired, what, six months? And seven months. He's been retired seven months. Hasn't played. It's only been seven ball. months. Jeez. It's only been. It's only, well, MLS Cup. This is last. I game. know. It just um, it seems it, longer. He's than been that. retired seven months, and all it takes is a perceived subtweet to set off all these people who hate him. And it's hate people. This isn't a misuse of the word hate. This is hate because I know people are like, oh, haters. Oh, well, why does it always have to be about haters? Why can't it just be criticism? No, this is hate. Some of the comments that I saw were flat out hate, hate for the guy, and it's unbelievable. Let it go, let it go, let the guy enjoy retirement. Go find something else to worry about. But it, I, I just find I just found that mind boggling that there was still this much emotion about about him and about that whole decision. Well, these look, these are all the idiots that forget that when he went to Everton twice, he performed very well for them over there in his short what six weeks stints that he had for them. So it's not like he didn't go to Europe and didn't do well. I mean, flame I mean, you could argue that Ernie's career did not work out, but later on he performed very well for Everton. He could have played in Europe and that well I mean well, see, you and you're kinda of giving a little uh you're adding fuel to it because the people who are skeptical of Donovan will look at that and say, Well that's just a perfect example of, of the wasted opportunity. Yeah, but because who cares? It's his career here. though. It's I like agree. why do people I agree care? with that? Well, I agree. It's my I thing. Agree with you. I I mean, his contributions to you to, to soccer in this country I, for people to dog on him for, oh, you're not testing yourself at the highest limit, there's nothing wrong with the player wanting to stay in America where he's from to help grow the game out here. I mean, how how dare he do that? that that's ridiculous I, I, for people it, to it, say it, that. It, and those people then aren't U.S. soccer fans, and they don't want this, this country to become better than what they are. Those, I, those people I, should not be supporting U.S. soccer uh, then. 
right, now you've gone completely off deep end. I, mean, I know I'm going too extreme, but but that's how it is, though. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, all right, let's, let's just end it on. It this. frustrates uh, me. Frustrates. I, me. I, I, it's totally understandable. Um, I get it. I get why some people will look at him and say he didn't maximize his. his, 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 his like he he could have been the one. He could have been like a starter for Man U and all this and that. Um, you know what? He had a pretty damn good career, and he did a lot of good things for American soccer. And like you said, when 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 the league needed an American star, he was that guy. And he, he you could say, oh, he 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 avoided the pressure of Europe, but that he, I mean, there's something to be said for the pressure that he had to put on his shoulders of being that guy, of being the guy in MLS, of of being the American star in MLS, and. It's funny that we like he's been retired seven months and he can still spark a conversation this long and this this passionate especially and this reaction this passionate. I mean that alone shows you that like he made a big impact on the sport in this country and 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 I, I really wish people would kind of let that other crap go and just you know what it, it, it's it, that's done what's done is done take a step back and appreciate what he actually did. One more thing we have to talk about before we move on and talk U.S. Open Cup. Chicharito Ives is now out for Mexico. I see a lot of people kind of saying, oh, Honduras was dirty and, and, and they're cheap. Look, that, that was a very physical game between both of those teams. It, it, that's, just, that's just the reality that it was. And it was an unfortunate injury. He's now out for the Gold Cup. And Mexico's not going to have to figure it out without one of their best forwards going into the Gold Cup. And, I mean, and, and you know, it ruins it for us because, look, watching Chicharito play is awesome. And it's unfortunate that he's going to be out for the, for the Gold Cup. I don't know if I use ruins. <laughs> I don't know if any Americans should say it ruins anything. Um, but, it, it, I mean, it's unfortunate. And I don't know why anyone's going to try to get on Honduras about this. I mean, it was an awkward fall. He fell awkwardly. It wasn't like... Brian Beckles was like, "I'm gonna break his collarbone." No, man, the guy. <laughs> yeah, fell. watch, watch me push him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, watch this magic trick. I'm gonna make him fall right on his collarbone. He fell awkwardly. He broke his collarbone. He's out. It happens. Injuries happen. Honduras are they a physical team? Yes. This is not a new thing. They're a physical team. They're a tough team. They're a strong team, um, and they're gonna present those kind of challenges to the U.S. Um, and the U.S. is ready for it. They got Josie Altuve up top. He's a tank. Um, but it, Mexico, man, they lose Chicharito. And they just lost Hector Moreno, the best, their best defender. Uh, that's a rough one. And, you know, I'm not ready to write him off just yet. But between that and the fact that they're not going to have the depth that they would normally have because of the players that they had to let go to the Copa America, um, Mexico is looking a little vulnerable right now. They still have talent, mind you. I still have them going to the final, mind you. Uh, they still have Carlos Vela, who's back in the fold. They still have Gio Dos Santos. Um Guardado, uh, Hector Herrera, who's their best player, you could argue. Uh, I think most Mexicans would agree. Hector Herrera, FC Porto man, their best player. Uh, they, they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of quality. Diego Reyes, you could go on and on. Guardado, Chuletita, the little pork chop, who is now replaced, uh, who is now replaced uh, uh, Chicharito. They, 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 they're going to be uh, still one of the top teams, one of the top three teams in this tournament. They, for me, they'll most likely still be in the final. But if you're a U.S. fan, you got to be feeling pretty good right now about your chances of winning again. And the Gold Cup for Mexico kicks off on July 9th in Chicago against Cuba. Um, I, was, I had a few days off this week, so I went out to San Diego and had a chance to go hang out with the Soccer Loco guys at their headquarters. It was awesome. I geeked out all weekend long. Saw everything that they have, all their merchandise, jerseys. It was like the coolest thing ever. They have like the coolest office ever, which we want to remind everyone. 
that SoccerLoco.com is a great place to go if you're looking for a replica jerseys, if you're a director of coaching and you're looking for a new kit supplier, SoccerLoco.com. You go check out at the purchase order. You get enter SBI 10 and you get 10% off your entire order. And especially with the Gold Cup coming up here, Ivis, you got to rep your team. SoccerLoco is the place to go. You know, I've never been to San Diego. That's... I'm gonna have to get out. There. You got to you got to step your game up, man. It was I had a good time out there. It was a very good time. No, well, it's I mean you can drive there. If I could if I could drive to San Diego, I would drive to San Diego. But uh, now hopefully next time I'm out in LA, I will uh, I will take the trip down. I almost did that uh, one of the past MLS Cups, and and I kind of regret that I didn't, I didn't get get down there. I, I keep uh, I keep hearing about how great it is, and uh, unfortunately Joe Corona, who's from down there, uh, you know. He's telling me to get down there and visit, but now he's moved on. He's he's changed clubs. He's not at Tijuana anymore. Uh, but I'm still gonna get down there. I'm yeah, gonna say, to, I'm you've gonna never been. To, you've never been to TJ, have you? Well, if I'm, no. Obviously, if I've never been to San Diego, I've never been to Tijuana. So, I'll uh, maybe I'll get down there and visit visit my boy Hercules Gomez while he's still there. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he won't be there in a couple months. But, um, but yeah, no. I, I mean, you hear great things about the soccer down there, and uh, the soccer local guys are down there, and they've obviously done a great job as as one of our sponsors. So, uh, if you are looking for gear that's the place to go soccerloco.com and and don't forget the code sbi10 because who doesn't want 10 percent off no everyone wants 10 percent off and get all your gear everything you need soccer loco has open cup ivis fifth round is in the books the big match well they're all big matches excuse me but the one that definitely drew the most intrigue was the New York Red Bulls versus the New York Cosmos. And the Red Bulls went out and defeated them 4-1. to one. You look at that score and you say, man, Red Bulls smoked the Cosmos. Not the case. The Cosmos hung around. They did a very good job in this match. And the wheels kind of came off for them in the second half. And just like that, man, Red Bulls, in a little less than, what, four or five days, they defeat NYCFC and they defeat the Cosmos. Pretty good week for the Red Bulls right now. So I gotta ask you a question. I'm on a complete tangent here. What's the word <laughs> when you say Red Bulls Cosmos? Do you say Red Bulls versus Cosmos or Red Bull versus Cosmos? New York Red Bulls verse. Verse. I say verse, I believe. Why? To say verse? I don't know. You I say verse. verse. I don't know. Why? But why? why I don't do you know. Say I just say verse. It must be a West Coast that, thing. It's not a West Coast thing. My kids say verse all the time. Do it's they? annoying. It's not a real thing. It's verses. Versus. It's not verse. Versus. Oh, like that sounds like a witch hunt on your part. No, it's. I just want to know where this started, where this came from. But not only that, but then versing instead of playing versing, like that, versing. Like that what should, the hell is that? It's like playing. It, well, because again, it's come. It stems from you know team A versus team B. We're we're versing team B. What? Uh, you know that what I mean? does like, that, that? Okay, that does not sound normal. Kids say that. Kid, this isn't just my kid. kid. I hear kids say this a lot. I don't know where it started. Versing? Uh, that that doesn't. Versing. Versing uh, is the thing that, that kids. That, just, that sounds weird. It, well, hey, it starts because people like you start saying verse instead of verses, and it's just messing with the New, whole language. Anyway, I say New York Red Bulls verse. Yeah, I say verse. Yeah, I say verse. Well, you, that, that's wrong. Verse. Unless that's just a, it's going to become one of these things. There, are we are we recording right now? Yeah, we're recording right now. Good. All right, I just want to. Make oh, sure. we're keeping this in the show, baby. No, I know it's not a, like. Look, I don't want to be. It's not about being grumpy, old man. This is this is you. This you. is you. Definitely get off my lawn. No. Yes, it, it is. I, I'm more curious, like how this starts. How this, like, where did this come from? Because you know, it's the American language. People get lazy, and and I mean, honestly, I I think it's just I hear people say verse, and just it becomes part of you, you know, know the language. You know it's probably your, your your time spent in like with like youth academies and being around the kids and kids. Did, I feel like kids are have 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 taken that 
and made that a new word. And you know what? It'll it's gonna it's gonna be the it's gonna actually be a word in a couple of years because you know that's how it goes. It's it, it starts out. It's not really well, a then. Word. Then you're bringing up a general argument on just the English language taking a hit with with the, the, okay, that's another. Why are we going off on these tangents of like social and political <laughs> tangents on this show? Where it starts, it's just funny to me. It's kind of like uh, like the word literally, right? Everyone everyone used literally so much. Everyone used literally all the time to the point where now, if you look in a dictionary, literally doesn't even mean literally anymore. Literally actually means figuratively now. It's like that's a version of literally. So it's, it's Wait, just, really? Yeah, absolutely. Go hmm. look in the dictionary. And, un- and under the definitions for literally, one of the is, is figuratively. Like it's because it's overused. So it's just funny how – how the language, how language can evolve, how the English language can evolve. Why don't we start like a new, uh, no, a new word? Like, well, I mean, with all the with all the names you mispronounce, I'm sure something will end up <laughs> sticking as a as a new word. But no, that's just verse, the, that's just the stick, Ivis. Come on, we've gone on a complete rant. I love it. Um, but yeah, verse. Uh, I, it, it just it's like Versus, nails. On the yeah, chalkboard. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I just I don't know why. I just I say verse. I don't know why. Versing, versing, and it, listen. Versing that that does not I, that I'll never say. Versing that sounds really weird. It's just an, it, it's a kind of a slang thing. It's kind of a slang thing. It's just it's just picked up and it, and and, and I, maybe it is the grumpy old man in me. When this it, is when you being it, grumpy. No, not I'm not talking about this right now because this is just I'm curious. But I, when I hear it, when I hear versing and verse, it drives me nuts. No, what makes drive me nuts is when you know what? No, let's. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a whole nother show. No, and people, when you know, when it's penalties, pen, the soccer, others, you know, offsides, offsides. Uh, well, offsides is like, you know, old uh, the the influence of, of of football, American football. Yeah, you know? it's it's offsides. I feel like I feel like an older generation of Americans uh, always said offsides just because they heard it more. Offsides in American football, but it's off, there's no S there's no, S. I hate that when people say he's offsides. I'm like, no, he's, he's just offside. Offside. That's <laughs> me this, being, that's me being this, grumpy old man. This episode of the English language corner is brought to you by. It's amazing. SB. And I was yes. an English lit major. Amazing. Oh my, well, yeah, there you go. Well, I chose that because I figured out of all the degrees that sounded the most legit. <laughs> Better that's than right. like history, so sorry for you. Well, we know degree. you weren't gonna like major in any kind of foreign languages. Oh hell no, I don't know any Spanish at all, and I probably take I probably took probably seven years of Spanish, and I don't and I know no Spanish. I would, pay, you know what? I would pay to watch you in a Spanish speaking country and trying to like get around. It, it could be like a variation of an idiot abroad <laughs> where you, where we have and we hear you try to talk in Spanish. That'd no, be- my Spanish is like my oh. father's Spanish, like hola, como estas? Like very like Anglo person trying to speak. I'm impressed Spanish. you could even say that. Actually. Wait, that's easy. Anyone can say that. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey. I also know a bunch of bad words too cuz you know when you play pickup soccer and they say things to you, I mean you got to say stuff back. So I I know bad words and and hello, how are you doing? And my name is Garrett. That's it. <laughs> the important things in life. Oh, and and where is the bathroom? So there you go. I can I can get by in a Spanish country with with just those four four okay. phrases. All right. I think we should get back to the soccer because I think everyone is falling asleep. By now. Okay. Open cup. Except for except for English teachers because I'm sure they're fighting with me. <laughs> I'm sure, they're on my side on the whole verse versing. Okay. Open cup. Red Bulls. Ivis defeat the Cosmos. Good week for the Red Bulls. They are the kings. That's what I said last show. You stole that from of me. New York. I am You're so with ridiculous. You. I'm agree. Hey, listen. Uh, you know what? Here's what it is, right? It's just you, it, on its own. Like I, I would put it like I put it like this: if they had just played that one game, 
that game alone doesn't doesn't really give you the title. But when you beat both New York teams in the same week, and not just beat them, beat them handily. Yeah, they outscored them seven to two. When you outscore the two other pro teams in your market seven to two, you get to wear the crown. You get to you get to call yourselves king of New York. And I got into this whole thing on Twitter with somebody about how they don't think the Red Bulls are actually are, are really a New York team because they're not literally in New York. And then I had to try to explain the whole concept of market and all this and that. But look, they are the kings of New York, uh, and they they impressed the heck out of me. And look, can you argue uh, the Cosmos? Did they have some injuries? Yes. Raul didn't start. Marco Senna played injured. Whatever the case may be, the Red Bulls rested guys too. Bradley Wright Phillips didn't play, didn't start. Um, and they, but they brought it, man. They brought it. They won. They are now the Kings of New York. And they're moving on. They're moving a step closer in the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. They've never won the Open Cup. They've never been in the final of an Open Cup. But the sense you get from Jesse Marsh and his, guy, and his players is that they're absolutely taking the Open Cup seriously this time around. They see it as a competition they can win. And uh, as it stands right now, man, they, they, they look like they really want to take that take that trophy. Well, you talk about teams taking the Open Cup seriously. Philadelphia Union are. They defeated D.C. United um, 2-1 to one in kind of an interesting game. You, you have a weather delay for quite some time, and then they come back, and then C.J. Sapong gets a red card. D.C. scores first, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, could this get any worse for the Union? Down a man, down a goal. Boom. Union. Well, D.C., I just want to point out, rested a few of their starters. Union came out with a, <laughs> a full-strength squad. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. But All the Union, them. point is, they defeated D.C. United 2-1. to one. And um, look, regardless of who you're playing, coming back down a goal, down a man, and defeating a team 2-1, to one, that, that's a good result for any team. Heck of a week for your Philly. They get four points from two games in MLS play. And then they win, and then they win in the Open Cup against a rival. And look, that's a rival. That's, that's, that's a rival. D.C., Philly, uh, the whole I-95 thing. Uh, I know DC rested guys, but Philly, they'll take it, man, and they need it because it's not been a great week or great season for them. Uh, and and it looks like you get the feeling that is this is this going to be where they start to turn things around? They've gotten some results now. They got the big win against Seattle. They got the tie against Montreal, and now they beat DC in Open Cup. Maybe Jim Curtin's getting through to these guys. Maybe he's finding the right combinations. I don't know, but all I know is that they're still in the tournament, and we're gonna get a re- uh, we're gonna get Red Bulls Union, uh, which should be a good it should be a good one. LA Galaxy defeated the San Jose Earthquakes one to zero. Both both sides kind of putting out um, you, you mostly say reserve squads. You did have some regular starters in there, but the LA Galaxy moving on in the Open Cup looks like Bruce Arena's taking the Open Cup extremely serious this year. Well, no, I think it was more a case. It's just more a case of I think LA's deeper than San Jose. So if you're going to have a case where both teams are, are mired in these super packed schedules, they were going to have to lean on their benches and LA has more quality on their bench. And, and I think that that came through in this one. Uh, and it's, it, it, this is almost kind of, at least in the recent, in recent years, this is almost kind of uncharted territory for LA. That's what I'm saying. Get, Taking they, they it seriously get, this year. This is, this is big time for LA. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten this far and now that you're this close, now that you're in the quarters and now that you're, Three wins away to, from being able to win a trophy. Now you know what you can you can take it take it even more. You you, you definitely want to try to step it up in L.A. with the depth they have. That depth is only going to get stronger when they add Steven Gerrard, uh, and if they add Gio DeSantos, yeah, right. as as the rumors go, uh, you know they're still trying to sign them. They, they, it's definitely something they're trying to make happen. If that, I mean, if they add both those guys, uh, that just pushes all these other. Then you can you can actually put. 
a pretty damn good second entire midfield into the Open Cup competition. Uh, but, yeah, L.A.'s right there. And uh, you know what? They, they, they're looking at a double right now. Well, the last time L.A. won the Open Cup was uh, in 2005. I just want to point this out. I called this one, Ivis. Real Salt Lake defeating Portland Timbers 2-0. to zero. Well, you picking Salt Lake is not exactly a stretch. You got a, you, 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 I think you, uh, you you get a couple here and there. That's why I always ask you to make your predictions. That's right. I don't even I don't even get paychecks from them anymore. So eh, come on, I don't know. Yeah, but RSL, <laughs> RSL. Look, Portland. You know what? I think Portland's got a. I think I think yeah. I'm not it, gonna make it. Portland put out a Portland put out a a first team squad against RSL. Um, and RSL. I mean you. you and they put out for and both look. Reality is both teams took this match very seriously. RSL defeated Portland. That's just the way it is. That they did. That they did. Yes. I don't think Portland cared though. I gotta tell you. Really? Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, look, credit to RSL. And I gotta say, I saw them play the Red Bulls. Obviously, that was an ugly game. But having a chance to talk to Jeff Kassar and Luke Mulholland and the guys there, the sense you, the sense I got is that as much as the season hasn't gone the way they would have liked in terms of results. Um, we shouldn't forget about them. We shouldn't write them off. We shouldn't think, oh, this is it. They're done. The era of success is over at RSL. Uh, they, let's not forget about them, folks. They they still have um, a lot of games to play. They still have a very good nucleus. They're a team that I think could end up kind of sneaking up on us and, and in the second, second half of the season as they get healthy. As they get through this Gold Cup, where they, obviously they're missing Beckerman, they're going to not have Romano for a couple games. Uh, as they get everybody back and we get into August and September, I think RSL could absolutely be a team that we're looking at come October. We're like, oh, wow, there they are again. Um, I like what I heard from them. I like I like what I heard from Mulholland. I like what I heard from Kassar. There's a lot of belief in that group. They haven't, they're haven't. they not a team that's ready to go down the tubes just yet. They they when when you think about it, I mean, look at the group that they can put on the field once everyone's healthy. They're that's still a team that can, mm-hmm. that still to me looks like a playoff team. So uh, if you if you have already written them off, I think you should you might want to reconsider. And now with this win in the Open Cup, the, we're talking about a team that's still in the Open Cup. Uh, they're gonna play in the Champions League, uh, and they're and they're fighting in the they're, they're gonna be trying to climb back up into up into the playoff race. And I think I think for me, I think they're gonna do that. When they're you gonna, talk when you talk about getting healthy, uh, Chris Schuler is on his way back. I saw him play the other day with the Monarchs here in Phoenix. Uh, I mean, getting him back will be huge. Just that depth on the back line. So, we will see. Uh, Sporting Kansas City defeated FC Dallas six to two. Dump Dwyer had four goals in this match. And, and whatever Dwyer did before this match, he needs to do this for the rest of the season before every single match. Four goals. What a game from him. That's pretty good. Although some people that's might pretty argue. good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. Pretty, I know. <laughs> well, you know, his his wife is uh, on the road right now. So, what's that supposed to mean? Well, maybe that whole like being the married jinx gets lifted when the wife's away. What? So maybe that's what that's what maybe that happened. What? <laughs> where, where where are you hearing? Where are you getting your she, information from? She's at the World Cup. What did you forget? His wife's sitting. I know she. I know she's there. But well, you're, you're implying that you know the wife's away. Good no, things happen. No, I'm implying happen. that he. Can, you know, I'm sure. Nah, come on. Tom Dwyer. All, right, all right, all right, all right. Tom Dwyer. I, I'm just saying. It, it's it's the. We, when they after they got married, I mean, the, the start of the season didn't go so well for him. Let, I know let, it did. It was it was pre- it was forget. it was pretty and, bad. And 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 Bradley Wright Phillips just to back it up. Bradley Wright Phillips gets married in the next game he plays. He missed his two penalty kicks. So I'm just saying, there's a little there's a little something there. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something to be said for strikers when you get married. You got a little bad luck. But anyway, all jokes aside, 
Sporting Kansas City absolutely destroyed FC Dallas. So what was it, 4-0 at halftime or, or whatever? Yes, it was. Um, well, it's actually yeah. 5-0 before Dallas even scored. Oh, unbelievable. But now KC, man, they are rolling. And and it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Impressive, impressive to see. And I tell you what, as well as they're as good as they're doing right now, as well as they're playing right now, I can guarantee you they're trying to get better. They're trying to get that roster. They're 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 out there looking to add to that. Oh, are you, roster. Bre- are you breaking news? I know. Let me, let me cue the bum 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 bum. I'm just saying. I know. I know how they operate. I know how. I know Rob Heineman. Heineman. Very well. I know Peter Vermees. I know they're not going to rest on their laurels. I know they're not going to just sit here and look at this strong run of results and think, nah, we're good. We're good. They know if, if, that, you know what, if you want to win a title, you you got to put as strong a team as you can put together out there. And for, for, for that reason, I will not be shocked if they, if they add reinforcements this summer. And if they do, man, watch out because they're right there. We've been talking Seattle, L.A. forever. Uh, I know people want to talk about DC because they have the great record, the, the great record as of right now. But for me, man, Sporting Kansas City is positioned. They are positioned to really like just take over. Houston Dynamo defeated the Colorado Rapids one to zero in poor Rapids. This is all they had left for the season. They're out of the Open Cup and uh, poor Rapids, man. They have nothing else to look forward to now. Uh, it's it's it's. Sad. I mean. I mean, they, they they could look forward to Pablo Mastretti shaving his mustache. Did he shave his mustache yet? I, I, I lost track of that. Well, they you know? could look forward to hopefully getting the first pick in the MLS draft. So there you go. Yeah, there's no expansion. There's no expansion. So yeah. they could uh, Abu Dhabi could uh, Who? could be uh, the come on man the UCLA uh, star forward. Are you kidding me? The guy's a stud. He's better than Jordan Morris. So there. Uh, but uh, whoa, yeah. Just saying. Um, look, at you, no, but, look at you starting the hype train. I know right. No, this guy's <laughs> legit. He's legit. Right, anyway, he, he would have been the one, for me. He would have been the more pick in the draft this year if he had come out, um, or at least top two. But uh, where were we going with this? I don't even. <laughs> poor, poor Rapids. I got distracted by the Abu Dhabi hype train. Um, but yeah, no, the Rapids, man. It's 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 so bad, man. It's so bad. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Orlando City defeated Columbus Crew two to zero, and man, Orlando City first year franchise. Imagine that Ivis winning that trophy for that fan base. That'd be huge, 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 huge. It's gonna be tough. I gotta tell you. I mean, great win. Obviously, Columbus didn't didn't. Uh, you know, they were focused on the MLS play. They 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 didn't put out uh, a full strength team down uh, down in Orlando. Um, credit to Orlando to get to the quarters, but uh, I just think when when you have these multiple competitions. Uh, depth really becomes a factor, and I don't know if Orlando has Orlando City has the depth. Uh, once you get into the latter stages of this competition, Adrian Heath's going to have Adrian Heath is going to have to make some decisions on his squad, on who he starts in Open Cup, who he starts in the MLS play, who he rests, and I think as you get deeper, uh, I think that's where it's going to get tough for them. And the Chicago Fire defeated the Charlotte Independence, the lone USL team in there. And, hey, Chicago Fire, man, still in the Open Cup, even though they're having a, a, a substandard MLS season. Well, we know. Hey, Chicago has a history of doing well in the Open Cup. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's not much to be happy about with their uh, MLS season itself. But, you know, you got Mike McGee. Yeah, he's back. back. He played in this game. Mike McGee's back. That's big for them. Uh, and and I got to rewind it a little bit since we skipped it. The one bright spot for Columbus, even though they lost to Orlando City, Will Trap is back. And I got to say, it's big to get him back. He is. People don't realize how important he is to that team, how important he is to that midfield, how key he is to the style of play that they want to play, that, that Greg Berhalter wants to play in Columbus. And I think having him back, I think we're going to see Columbus start to get closer to being 
uh, consistently closer to being the team we thought they would be. Back to Chicago. Uh, you know, it, this is great for them. They still have that competition to play for. I think I don't see them getting back into the playoff race in the East, even though it's the East and it's you know, a couple of wins is, is all you need. But I, I don't. I, hopefully for them, Mike McGee gives them the spark that they that they've been lacking. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I need to see some. I need to see a few games, uh, a few results before I even start looking at them as a team that could really revive a, a season that's really gone gone in the crapper. The U.S. Open Cup gives away to a full slate of Major League Soccer games this weekend, and two of the top teams in the West and Eastern Conference meet as D.C. will be on the road, taking on the Seattle Sounders, who are struggling right now. They're still going to be out with, they're going to be without, excuse me, Clint Dempsey, Obafemi Martins, also Alonzo possibly missing again for Seattle. They're losing, they've lost three matches in a row at home, taking on you could say DC's the best team in the league, possibly. I don't know if Seattle's going to get the job done. I mean, that losing streak, I always could go to four games for Seattle. This is a tough one for them. Uh, I know they're at home, but you know, you're missing Dempsey. Is uh, we don't know what Obafemi Martins and Mar- and uh, Osvaldo Alonso without those three. I don't know if you're going to beat DC United, even if they have to travel across the country to play you. Uh, I think Ben Olsen did a good job. Uh, focusing on that match because it could be a big a big match for them they're running away with these right there's no other way to say it they're running away with these but a game like that a, a game it's winning in seattle even if they're missing their guys it, it is it is adds to the confidence it adds to the confidence of the group that you can go into a place like that it's, you know it's going to be packed uh and get a result and i think they're going to get a result uh as tough as it's going to be i mean uh, you know, seattle has guys that could still step up but when you're missing those three and you're missing Brad Evans, I mean, that's uh, that's a lot to ask. I think I, I got to go D.C. in this one. On Saturday, LA Galaxy are playing host to Toronto FC. Toronto FC, man, as we know, they're going to be no Michael Bradley, no Josie Altador as they're with the U.S. men's national team at the Gold Cup. Um, LA Galaxy missing Omar Gonzalez and Zardes. So you're missing some key players for both teams in this match. But when you look at this, um, look, you got a great matchup between Robbie Keane and Sebastian Giovinco. Um, hope I mean it's it would seem fitting that this game would end in a tie, but it just seems LA going into this match has more depth than Toronto at home. Uh, this is good. for me. This is LA's game. I know LA is going to be without Omar Gonzalez, Jaime Pinedo, but um, they still have Robbie Keane. They still have that that embarrassment of riches in the midfield. Uh, when you when you talk about uh, Juninho, Ishizaki, Lejet. Husidic, Steven Gerrard will be there soon. He's not going to. I don't. He's not playing in this game, but uh, they still have all those pieces, uh, and and they're at home. But Toronto has Giovinco, the equalizer. He's a guy who could. I mean, he could. He's. I think he'll cause some problems. I think he'll get a goal, but I still think LA just has too many weapons. Portland Timbers taking on San Jose Earthquakes. This match is in Portland, home game for them. Um, they're on a roll right now, and eliminate the the U.S. Open Cup loss for them, which San Jose also lost their Open Cup match. I mean, it's just in Portland right now is just playing at at another level, and at home against San Jose. I mean, look, you you want to book Portland for three points, but it just definitely seems like Portland is just unless something goes their way, it just seems very safe to be betting on Portland right now in every MLS game that they're playing. Portland at home. I'm going to book it. Uh, nothing against San Jose. I think San Jose's tougher at home, obviously. Um, I'm going to go Portland. I think, you know what? Dante Nagby, he got that first goal, uh, that first MLS goal uh, last week. I think he, I think he's going to get get going, man. I think he's going to hit a run. 
uh, get on a little bit of a roll here. And I think I think they're going to win this one. And you know what? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm just, I, I think we're picking Portland the rest of the year. I think so. No, I'm just no and, I mean, uh, unless unless something changes, but you know, for right now, Portland's just everything's just working out for them right now. That the team is in good sync. You have Will Johnson's back, Diego Valeri. You said Darlington Nagby, the Fords, the defense. Everything for Portland is just is working out right now. It's right. going well. Right, and I, you know what? I think Open Cup obviously it's a disappointment, but uh, that's going to be that's going to be a fewer that's going to be less of a distraction for them. They can focus on MLS play, and I really think they still have their sights set on trying to finish number one in the West, and and it's there for them. And this is a game they have to have if they're going to be a realistic threat to finish on we, top of the list. We talk about games where teams must have to have uh, New York Red Bulls taking on the Columbus Crew. Just when you look at kind of just where these teams are, and and, and you don't want to say that, that they're going to finish where they currently are based off the standings, anything could happen, but Red Bull's taking on Columbus Crew. These are two teams I was that are going to be competing for the fourth, fifth, sixth spots in the Eastern Conference, possibly even competing to get into the playoffs at the end of the day. I mean, this is an important match for both these teams as they need three points because you don't want to look back and say, Christ, if we beat Columbus Crew... We could have made the playoffs. Same thing for the crew. If we beat Red Bulls here, we could have made the playoffs. I mean, this is a big game for both these teams. Big game, but I'm going to go with the crew, and here's why. The Red Bulls, they're obviously riding high. The two big derby wins. But they've they have been on a rough stretch of games here. Um, three games in, in eight days. Uh, a lot of the guys have played heavy, heavy minutes. Guys like Dax McCarty, who's played, what, 270 minutes in, in, in a span of a week. They are going to go into that match, and I think it's going to hit them. I think the minutes, the heavy load is going to hit them. And then you have Columbus, Greg Berhalter, to, to his credit, he looked at that Open Cup match, and he thought and he thought to himself, you know what, if I can get my guys ready, I can give guys some rest. Before this Red Bulls game, it'll give us a good chance. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going to go with the crew. And you know what? Will Trapp is back. And to quote Thierry Henry, Will Trapp, Will Trapp is a good, great player. Um, but uh, Will that Trapp, was not good. Not that good. was like German Terry Army. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that all, I don't even know why I tried that one. It's been a while. I haven't seen. You know, I, I miss Henri, man. Henri was Henri was hilarious. He was a he he was a he was a unique character. Yeah, to have around. Um, but Will Trapp, he is important, man. He he is the, he's kind of the he's the conductor, and I think having him back is gonna just take Columbus back up to that level we thought they could be. And I think with him there, I think they're going to cruise in this one. Henri was pretty funny. I only had a few experiences with him, but always good, always good for, always good for answers with, with stupid questions from reporters. Uh, he was not afraid to, he was not afraid to have a go at anybody. My favorite <laughs> so, was when someone first question was, when are you going to go back to Barcelona? <laughs> No, good. Well, that's what. If, I, if there's anything I don't miss about having Henry around, is that like dumb, dumb questions, dumb questions from people who like show up and, and never normally would be at games, but they're starstruck, they're fans, and they, you know, they're somehow in, they, they get a press pass, yeah, uh, yeah, and they're in there, and it's like, what is, this, what are these people doing? But, um, but yeah, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Real Salt Lake is at home taking on Orlando City. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that I think RSL can win this one, but look, RSL nah, at home. Sensing a theme. I think RSL <laughs> will take care of business. Uh, yeah, I'm not, you know what? I am not picking RSL. I am not picking against RSL at home for a while. Now, but having said that, I mean, Open Cup. Uh, no, no Sabaria, no Beckerman. Uh, I think is I think I think Armando might play in this game. And even if they don't, even if they don't have Armando, 
they they have one of the best uh, backups in the league in Jeff Atanella. Let's not forget the guy's good. The guy could start for me on several teams in MLS. But uh, yeah, man, like I said, ha- having that conversation with Jeff Kassar and some of the other players on that team, uh, I definitely I, like. I believe I, I, it's kind of it made me believe in them as a team that's going to turn things around. And uh, I think this is the kind of game that could definitely, you know, no Kyle, no Kyle Aaron. For Orlando City, he's with the Canadian national team. Uh, they're going to definitely miss him. Um, Brack Shea's injured, so right there, two big guys that you're missing for them. They already had, they already don't have Kevin Molino. Um, I'm going to go RSL. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go RSL on this one. New, uh, New York City FC taking on the Montreal Impact. These two teams have met before. With New York defeating them three to one. Uh, still an intriguing match. Both of these squads. Uh, I mean, I've, what do you have in this one? I mean, these are teams that desperately need points. I, I don't. Montreal still has games in hand, but I mean, they got to win games if they want to get back in the playoff picture. Same with New York. I mean, roller coaster season for them. They need to start figuring things out and playing more consistent soccer. Well, the reinforcements are on their way, right? So I think New York City. FC is going to, once they get Lampard, uh, Iraola, and obviously Pirlo, when, when they, whenever it is they announce the signing, they're going to be a different team. Um, but I think for me right now, Montreal, they'll go back home, regroup a bit. They only managed one point uh, from two games last week, and that's got to be a disappointment uh, to them. So I think, and I, I got, they got to feel like they let some, let some points get away in Philly. Uh, but I like their chances to rebound, go back to Montreal, step it up. Ignacio Piatti has a game. I see him having the uh, scoring two goals, uh, making up for the miss that he, the awful point blank miss that he missed last week against Philly. Uh, I think Piatti has a game. I think Montreal beats NYC. FC Dallas taking on New England Revolution, and these are definitely two teams that you could say would love to hit the restart button and rewind about what six weeks ago eight weeks ago and definitely redo what has gone over the last um two weeks but still with new england struggling I mean, dallas coming off that horrible thrashing i don't want to say i want to give it to dallas but i think dallas will be able to bounce back against new england this weekend i don't know what's i i wish i could explain new england right i mean it's like this is so the deja vu is unbelievable right because same thing last year they were crushing it. They were looking great. And then, boom, summer comes. And they hit, like, it's like the Bermuda Triangle of, of points. Like, they couldn't get a point. They couldn't get a point to save their life. Um, this, is a, this, is a, this is a tough one, man. This is a tough one. Um, no Andrew Farrell. He's suspended after that bogus uh, red card last week. Um, I'm gonna, I, I get, I'll go FC Dallas. I'll go FC Dallas, uh, I think. Uh, they, they showed something against Houston last week uh, that maybe they are – Ready to start turning turning things around a little bit, uh, and until until we see something out of New England that tells us they are ready to get out of this funk, we're just gonna have to assume they're gonna stay in that funk. I'm gonna go FC Dallas. And the Houston Dynamo are playing host to the Chicago Fire. I'm going on a limb, Ivis. This is where the Chicago Fire are going to turn things around. You got Mike McKee back. You have a winnable game on the road against the Houston Dynamo. I'm calling it right now. In two months, we'll look back and say this is where the Chicago Fire turn their season around. <laughs> uh, you know they could win this game, but uh, Here, here's also the reality with this game: it's on Friday, right after the U.S. game. The ratings for this game are going to be probably zero. Well, if it's after the game, won't people just end up watching it? Because will they? The... I think everyone's going to be partying and getting ready for the weekend. Matter, yeah, true, true. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, this is <laughs> the less said about this game, the better. Uh, but I agree with you, man. Chicago, I mean, Chicago, looking at it right now, they're seven points out of a playoff spot. 
two games in hand on the teams that are above that playoff line. If if McGee can help spark things there, they're all of a sudden in the picture again. So maybe we shouldn't uh, throw the dirt on the Fires coffin just yet. Um, but they're going to need this game. They're going to need this game. As far as Houston goes, um, I'm just not convinced Houston's going to be in the real in the playoff race. I just don't. I mean, I know you know they're six points out right now, but I just don't think they have the. I don't think they have the horses. And uh, Brad Davis, if Brad Davis is in fact injured. I mean, that's a huge one. That's a huge blow for them. I mean, he's so key to their attack. Bonilla Garcia is on international duty as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to go the fire in this one. I think the fire, I agree with the fire, get a win here. Vancouver Whitecaps on the road, taking on the Rapids for Vancouver. Opportunity for them to go for their fourth win in a row, create some space for them because after the Rapids, their schedule gets a little bit tougher. Um, so they need, the, they need the points here to continue to, to, to create that space in the Western Conference. But, I got a feeling, man, this could be one of those trap games where the Rapids somehow pull off a 3-1 to victory. It can happen. Uh, you've seen it a lot of times where, where teams uh, go into the altitude and struggle, and, uh, and and you get some funky results out of there. But look, Vancouver's they've gotten used to the road thing, right? I mean, they've played, this is what, their fourth road game in a row. They've won three in a row. They, ended, they were the SBI team of the month. Uh, for that run, and David Osted is playing some amazing yeah. soccer. He was SBI's uh, MLS Player of the Month. I think. I think. Uh, I think their defense is going to get them out of there. Uh, I think it'll be a close game, but I think their defense is going to is going to shut down Colorado, and I think Vancouver will find a goal. Uh, Octavio Rivera will get himself a, get himself a goal. One zero. We'll go one zero. Uh, Whitecaps. And before we talk a little Copa America final, which we played on Saturday, we like to remind everyone to go to SoccerLoco.com. If you're looking for anything, replica jerseys, you got new cleats, you need shorts, t-shirts, scarves, anything, SoccerLoco.com. You can get 10% off your entire order if you enter an SBI 10. Also, if you're a youth club looking for a new vendor, SoccerLoco is a good place to go. So go to SoccerLoco.com. Enter SBI 10 at the cart window, and you get 10% off your entire order. On Saturday, it's the Copa America final. You have Argentina, who's just playing absolutely out of their minds, are on a mission, on another level, taking on a very strong Chilean side that has done very well uh, so far throughout the Copa America. But at this point, Ivis, it looks like it's Argentina's tournament to lose. Uh, this This is a tricky one, man. Argentina did look damn good in destroying Paraguay, but Paraguay is not Chile. Um, I mean, who were kidding? I'm picking Argentina. Thank you. I was like, what are you doing? Hey, just for the record, I picked Argentina over Chile as the final before the tournament even began, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, And I picked Argentina to win. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, Lionel Messi is playing out of his mind. And I think Chile, as much as, you know, they've gotten to the final, I think they've shown some vulnerability uh on the way to this to to this final i mean they they've had a lot of things go their way and and i'm not saying that as a bit i'm not bitter about peru or anything like that uh but no but no Uh, i think i think chile has has shown some vulnerabilities and i think argentina's attack is going to be able to exploit them exploit Mm -hmm. that chilean defense and i know claudio bravo is a quality goalkeeper but I don't know. I don't see anybody on Chile being able to handle Lionel Messi, and and you know it's not not Vidal, not Medel. Uh, I don't think any of them are going to be able to handle him. And, and the way he's clicking right now, the way he's working with his teammates, him and Javier Javier Pastore, uh, have show, are showing a great understanding. Uh, they've just got too many weapons. So I'm going to go Argentina 
to spoil the party for Chile, uh, three to one, three to one Argentina. Messi gets himself a goal and two assists and lifts that Copa America trophy. Hmm. Why don't you just give him a hat trick? Come on. He's been he's been racking up the assists. He's been really playing the the, the playmaker role in this tournament. Um, he didn't score a goal in the six six in the six one game against Paraguay, but he had three assists and he had, he was involved in in the other in two other goal sequences. So his his fingerprints were all over that. Um, and I think he's it's going to be a similar situation because he's such a threat when he drops deep, can collect the ball in midfield and go at people. It unsettles defenses to uh, so much that. It creates opportunities for his teammates, and he always makes the right pass. So he's just right now in that kind of role. He's not going to gen- necessarily generate goals, but he's just he's pretty pretty impossible to stop. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going with Argentina. And as much as Chile has looked like the 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 team of destiny, they've they've had a good tournament. I, I mean, Argentina won. It's it's you have to contain them, and then if you're if you're if you're Ch- Chile, I mean, then you have to go on the attack and find ways to plug through Argentina. I, to me, Argentina is just playing lights out, out of their mind, peaking at the right time. I'm gonna go four to one. What is this? Price is right. You're trying to add one goal <laughs> so you can kind of you know I I got the right pick, so you got to add one goal and hope that it's a little blah. I I think most people are picking Argentina. And I think most people, I, I gotta feel like a lot of people are rooting for Argentina just because of the, you know, Chile with Vidal drunk driving, the guns, the you know, the Gonzalo Jara, you know, Cavani nonsense. They're not an easy team to root for right now, and and uh, yeah, I think most people are gonna pick Argentina. Yeah. All right, Davis. With that, wraps it up. Wraps up the show. And. Uh... And yeah, longest show. this is like the, this is one of the longest shows ever. No, it's not. It's not that long. All I know is that it was nighttime when we started, and it is now daytime. Is it really? The sun's already. Ri- uh, the sun is out. Has, has here in, here ri- in Jersey has risen. For the- Ro- ri- rose. <laughs> I love that. I love that English lit degree. Uh, <laughs> really panning out for you, dude. Today. It's three in the uh, morning. What do you want from me? I'm exhausted. Well, welcome to my world. I, that's me every show. They, I'm glad you got the a little taste of. Uh, of what it's like to be on the end, uh, other side of that, but uh, no, good stuff, man. I thought this was a good show. Yeah. Uh, I'm not always happy with our shows, but I thought I, you're never hopefully... happy with anything. <laughs> See what I'm you're oh, never happy with anything. Oh my lord, that's terrible. You hate that's you terrible. hate everything. You are a constant pessimist. I definitely do not hate everything. What? You're you're insane. I'm a I'm a. I don't want. I'm a Virgo, man. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist, but you know, a Virgo. I, I, did a... you really just? Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, if you can talk about your English lit degree, I can talk about being a Virgo. Yeah, so, but yeah. I would never refer to myself as my sign. I mean, come on, bro. Uh, you, you don't you don't believe in the in the in the zodiac? You there's a lot of truth to the zodiac. You we've covered every possible. I'm taking topic. you've lost a this man is, card. I don't know how many man cards you have, but you you officially lost a man card. Okay, first of all. That's there's nothing wrong with with being in touch with with, with Zodiac. There's no, wrong. are you? Oh I'm not saying gosh. I'm a hardcore follower of it, but there's some, there's some truth to it. So what? Yeah, that stuff is that's like getting a fortune cookie. Nah. It's so ambiguous. I don't know, man. I, I've seen a lot of things come true on that, and hopefully, oh it, hopefully it is true because it's there. It's saying that there's success ahead for us. So there you go. For I you or for me? Both of us. I think. Oh, really? SBI show. Yeah. See, I I think the world. It always has it out for me, so I'll never believe that. Yeah, oh, but yet I'm the one who's always negative. Okay, I, 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 okay. Thanks, for clearing, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> but, but, all I, I will say is if this, it, this, it, 
it's probably one of the longest shows ever, but it's definitely the show that has covered the most topics ever. Yeah, you can we've, that. we've discussed we've discussed uh, geopolitics. <laughs> we've discussed <laughs> the English language, uh, the zodiac, uh, everything. I, I could talk what... geopolitics all day long. We should do a geopolitics SBI show. We should just have a separate podcast. We should. Yeah. What, what, what would we call it though? Uh, that that's a, you, you got me. We'll think about that one. S- we'll table that. We'll table that. For you can the next call it SBG Soccer by Garrett. That's terrible. Then, it, but it wouldn't be soccer. It'd be it'd be GBG <laughs> Gossip Geopol- Gossip by Garrett. Geopolitics by Garrett. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, GBG. All right, we should wrap up because we're both struggling. Isn't that? <laughs> I think it's a clothing brand. Uh, only only one that you would wear. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't All think right. it is. We're both officially delirious, folks. So yes. apologies to anyone who is still listening to us. And by the way, last thing, last, last thing. So we're stumbling around on SoundCloud today and, uh, you know, checking our checking out stats and checking all. So we uncovered we, we, we discovered the list. Uh, we, we discovered how to find the list of, of cities and, that, that have the most uh, listeners. And, you know, some interesting stats there. So, uh I got to say, the folks in Portland, if you're listening to this show right now and you're in Portland, you are a member of the number one city for listeners for SBI show. Uh, and and uh, a little surprising there, but great, great to That's hear. That's not surprising at all because those are all of your kids from your, your secret <laughs> relationships you have out there uh, trying to see, connect with daddy by listening to the show. See, now you're just, as you would say, you're being reckless. <laughs> you're being reckless. But, uh, but yeah, no. So to, to all the people in uh, in Portland – which is number one, uh, New York number two, no shock there, and Seattle number three, man. So hey, thank you Pacific Northwest for uh, for giving us the support there, uh, uh, listening to the show, and actually those people who listen to the show the most, we we have all this info here. So Angelo Carter, Bren, uh, Brendo Calrissian, Sergio Hernandez, Caleb Friedrich, Elizabeth Arellano. All of you, thank you very much for listening to the show so often. Uh, I'd like also to point out that if you're from Phoenix, listen to the show. We got to step our game up. It's embarrassing how bad it is in Phoenix. Share the show in Phoenix. It's like 48. It really hurts. That's embarrassing. That's, That's so bad. I can't even carry my home state. I'm like Al Gore in the 2000 election. I can't even carry my home state. Boom! There's some <laughs> politics for you. That, I guarantee, has blown people's oh, minds. Oh, that's hilarious. Look but at me, busting part. out politics from 2000. But Garrett, here's Show's the over part. for me. I'm here's dropping the mic. Garrett, here's the sad part. You're telling the Phoenix people that they need to step their game up, but the people who need to step their game up are not listening to the show. That's, yeah, that's the true. Problem. Well, they need to share it with their friends. Oh, God, <laughs> Phoenix, it's so bad. Why is soccer in the this state and in the city so bad? The struggle uh, is real. Phoenix, the struggle is real. Phoenix is the soccer out here is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, watch it. <laughs> I don't care what I say anymore. Uh, <laughs> things are cha- things and are with, changing. And with that, think things are changing. All right, Ivis, you enjoy the weekend. Yes. I will enjoy my weekend, so don't you worry. Actually, I have a story about fireworks that I'll share with you on the next show. I potentially, <laughs> well, like I potentially, I potentially, I potentially burnt half of my half of my lawn. So I'll, I'll share that with you on the next show. <laughs> That's terrible. But anyway, yeah, we can we can wrap up the show. And th- for those of you in Texas, in the Dallas area, I will be in Dallas Sunday through Tuesday. I know how many people uh, love me in Dallas. So I'll be out there checking it out, uh, seeing the great uh, U.S. national team supporters out there. Be there for the Gold Cup opener. Looking for it. I'll be in Dallas. 
I'll be uh, up in Boston. I'll be in Kansas City. I'll be all all the way to the Gold Cup final. Uh, so looking forward to it. And if you see Ivis, buy him a Cosmopolitan, people. Nah, <laughs> give it up, man. It's already done. It's already done. I won that when you when someone bought you a Cosmo. That ended the competition. <laughs> this is the worst drink ever, too. It tastes horrible. Who drinks that stuff? <laughs> like, it didn't even taste good. <laughs> now we've discussed drinks. I love it. Uh, all right, man. Enjoy the weekend, I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views, comments. That is Ivis Glarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBS Show.